0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Under the Stained Glass, the podcast where we take a look at what we talked about in church last Sunday and approach it again from a family angle. Mm -hmm. I'm Pastor Chris here at Magnolia Park United Methodist Church in Burbank. And I'm here with our Children, Youth, and Families Director, Ms. Whitney. Hi, everyone. And this week, the week after Easter, and so we dove into the resurrection appearances of Jesus, especially the one that was preceded by Doubting Thomas, mm, the, yeah. the man who came to be known as Doubting Thomas, because for one thing, he wasn't there at the first appearance of Jesus in the upper room.
1: Right. As all the other disciples, the the rest of the 11 were in that room. So I guess 10 were there. He was gone. Yeah. And it's interesting because they were locked away clearly for fear of their own lives so so they were huddled together sort of in this quiet place but thomas he he seems to be nowhere To be found at that moment. So he's kind of the odd man out in this group.
0: He really is. And I always thought it was kind of cool that even though everybody fled in fear, you know, there's that little section in Mark where he gives the details about the young man who is seized, who is following Jesus, and he's seized. And he is so terrified that he leaves his clothing behind right. in order to get away that's how terrified the disciples were yeah and it says in the bible that they all deserted him you know mm-hmm. only john is really mentioned as watching the crucifixion sure. so they all deserted him but in that day after mm-hmm. somehow they were drawn back together they right. couldn't resist coming back together it's almost as though you know the next best thing to being with jesus was just to kind of somehow be together right. and, you know, talk together and see each other and commiserate together, which is really normal when you lose someone you love. right? Yeah,
1: I think there's a little bit of remnants of hope there. Even when uh-huh. all hope is lost, when you continue to come together again, you say, OK, I don't know what to do now. And you guys might not know what to do now, but let's come together because we feel like there's still something here that's drawing us to this place and drawing us to one another. And so I, I think it's pretty hopeful for these disciples, even though they have lost all hope, their savior has yeah. gone. He is dead at that point. There's still something, something that's drawing them in. And I always feel like that's that's a call to us too, is like sometimes when we feel the least hopeful,
0: yeah. when
1: when we keep going back, Again, that that shows that there's something in our heart that's stirring. We might not understand it at that moment, but there's something there.
0: Yeah, it's so important to to remember, I think, that story when we are hopeless. Mm -hmm. And especially when we're feeling so hopeless or even fearful or whatever it is, those things that come up and sort of put that voice in our mind, don't go to church, don't connect with the body of believers. There's always that resistance. Yeah. But those are the times when we can remember a story like this and say, no, that's where I need to be. Mm-hmm. That's where I need to be, especially when things get difficult and hopeless.
1: Right. And that's where miracles happen. That's mm-hmm. where we God shows up in those moments yeah. where we where we continue to come to him or to one another in his name to to find maybe even just a little thread of that hope that we've lost. And yeah. So that's where that's where God really starts to work in those stories. And then he works in this story just the same way.
0: Yeah, well, he does. Like you say, he actually shows up yeah. in the upper room. But again, Thomas isn't there. Yeah. But then in the story, they go and find him. And they, I don't know where he was, but they go and find him. And they tell him what's happened. And he famously says, unless I uh, see the na- marks where the nails were, and touch his side, I I will not believe. Right. But again, it, it's kind of odd that he would say that, I think, because as you say, Jesus has a way of showing up, of mm-hmm. really manifesting his power in the flesh. And this was part of what we talked about on Sunday, that Thomas had been around long enough to have seen Jesus do some pretty amazing miracles, including restoring people to life. Right. So the fact that he could have a complete denial that this kind of thing could happen seems a little bit of a stretch and I think what he really wanted was just that confirmation that he always had that they always had Mm -hmm. of Jesus miracles being manifest in the flesh and God truly showing up to to show his power
1: right I think that maybe even he's he's reaching for you know, I need Jesus to be here with me again. You know, and mm-hmm. Jesus was always with them when those miracles happened. I yeah. mean, for upwards of three years, Thomas was probably with him. So to have Jesus by your side for that long, and to see those things, and Jesus explain those things, explain how can this things, be? You know? Because a lot of what Jesus did was really mind-boggling things. He changed water to wine. Was probably the the. The least of the mind boggling Mm -hmm. that he'd done. But just, you know, a couple of weeks before that, he'd raised somebody from the dead and he Mm -hmm. could explain what that meant. But now, if he's raising from the dead himself and Thomas had not seen it, Yeah, I I think that I think that there is room there to to give Mm -hmm. Thomas a little bit of grace in that and and that desire for him to see it, to have that confirmation, I think is a desire we might all have as well in that situation.
0: Absolutely. And and I think it's something that we should remember and always be looking for in our own lives. Right. Because, yeah, we, we may not touch Jesus, but we should be looking for all of the ways that his power and his miracles are truly manifest in our lives, in right. the flesh. That God doesn't do things. Jesus doesn't do things. And uh, God didn't save us in our imaginations or in a true, a, a strictly spiritual sense. Right. When God sent Jesus into the world to save us, he sent him in a body. Mm-hmm. And he had a real life and a real death. And he was actually put in the tomb and he right. actually rose again in the body. Yeah. So... We should be looking for that kind of affirmation of God's power and God's grace in our lives.
1: Right. And even if we're not physically seeing Jesus in the flesh, there are certainly many ways where Jesus shows up in our lives. There's many, many times where he's right there and he's he's doing things, he's active, he's loud. If only we'll look for him. And that's mm-hmm. really what it takes is, is being open to the idea that, God does move in those ways. He's tangible in that He does things in our lives, and that we can see Him throughout that thread of our lives, working mm-hmm. and being involved and and really, really showing up in the flesh. Maybe not, maybe not in the in for, straight in front of us in our vision, but mm-hmm. but He's in the flesh there. He's right in yeah. in it.
0: Yeah, in the sense that we live in a fleshy world or yeah. the world, and God manifests Himself in stuff. Right. The stuff of the world, even when we have communion, that's exactly what we're saying. Right, is that these things, the stuff of the world, is imbued with the Holy Spirit, they're mm-hmm. made holy, and we take them into ourselves right. in the faith that and the confidence. And we, we see this happen that it changes us from within. The actual right. stuff that we that is made holy that we take into our bodies changes us. And a baptism is the same way, right. Baptism is done with real water on a real body, sure. and but it changes us spiritually, so mm-hmm. it's both, you know, it's both those things.
1: Yeah, it kind of works in tandem with one another, the spiritual and the physical, and you think you really need both of those things. I mean, I, I think about the stories in the Old Testament of all the different tribes that had their own gods and how quickly they would dump their their gods mm-hmm. and then start to follow the one true God When their gods didn't show up. We need our God to show up. He needs to be active and, and physically there beside you and working in your life through other people, you know, through miracles, through whatever means he can. He needs to be there active and working or else faith just doesn't work. It doesn't work unless your God shows up. Yeah. And so I think about that and I think about how often he shows up in my own life Mm -hmm. and how I can say, oh, that was God. And that really does strengthen my faith. And so just like Thomas, I do like those moments where I can actually see him Mm. in the flesh, as it were, and see him working. And, And I understand that because... God so lovingly gives that to us. And so once you see it, once you can acknowledge that He's there, you want more of that. Mm-hmm. You want to know that He's there in each and every one of those steps and each and every one of those days.
0: Well, that's the whole point of the incarnation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, God could have done anything. He can do everything with just a completely on an invisible level or right. spiritual level or whatever it is. But the point of the incarnation was God coming to be with us in the flesh and do things in in reality, Mm -hmm. the reality that we know. And that's the point of the bodily resurrection of Jesus and our faith in that. I mean, I do think that people sometimes prefer a God that's a little more in the imagination, that's Mm -hmm. a little more simply spiritual. Sure. Because a God who will come into our lives and into history in Jesus and in a resurrection that's real, that's a very intrusive kind of God. That's mm-hmm. the kind of God you have to really, actually pay attention to, right? For good, you know, when it, you know, when it's for good things, but yeah. also in our accountability sense, right. in the sense of, yeah, we we have a real God to whom we are accountable,
1: right? When he shows up, it it makes us have to respond to him. It uh-huh. doesn't it, doesn't it make him something that you know I was thinking about it when you were speaking about it and how God could just do anything he wanted without us even really knowing, uh, it. knowing it. Yeah. But how would we recognize that he was even there? Mm-hmm. So for him to come down and actually make himself known in the things that he does for us, it does. It makes us accountable to him and it and it creates that relationship. And that's an important element to our faith because we are as much part of our faith as God is a part of our faith. Not just simply recognizing that he is there, but how do we respond in those times when he does show up. And that's really important to how we understand Jesus, how we understand our own lives, and God's, God's part in it and where we go later on into eternity. So it's a really important thing to understand Mm -hmm. that when our God is active, so we should be too.
0: Yeah. It's this belief in a God who really will show up, Mm -hmm. who really is in the world that sets, I think, Christianity apart from maybe some other religions that are a little more spiritual, a little more mind-oriented. Right. Where ours is really incarnationally oriented. Right. <laughs> which is what Paul talks about in Corinthians 15, where he says, just making this case, he was talking to the Corinthians who were having trouble with believing in the physical resurrection or the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Right. And also, because of that, having trouble believing in their own resurrection at some time. But Paul just really makes the point. He says, uh, if if there is no resurrection, then our preaching is useless, he says, and so is our faith. Mm -hmm. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile because you're still in your sins. Right. And uh, he says, if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we're people to be most pitied. So he puts everything. He says the physical resurrection, bodily resurrection, showing up kind of resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of our faith. It's not something that we can just take or leave.
1: Mm -hmm. No, it has to have happened. It has to be that core tenant of our faith because the Our faith doesn't work on a metaphor. Our faith doesn't work on a theory or a what if. It works because what is said is true and it actually happened. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul really had to hinge all his ministry on anyways, is that it actually happened and that he had to convince People, early believers, he was really at the start of the church, just like the, the other apostles were. But he had to really show people that this did happen, that it isn't just a story to tell, just right. to, to make people follow your God. And so our faith is just in that same way. Jesus had to have come back. He had to have been resurrected. He had to be a physical man on this earth for this faith to work. Mm-hmm. And, and so we have to remember that when we're talking about our faith, that it's not just a nice story. It's not just a metaphor. It's not just purely spiritual, but this is real and it's happened. And it's for us.
0: And it's for us. Yeah. And for us to remember too that we just stand on the shoulders of those people and to remember mm-hmm. that it's so important. Paul says in that same section, he says, if there's no resurrection, if the dead are not raised at all, he asks the question, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? (laughs) And he says, I face death every day. Right. And he says, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. And there it was no reason for him to be risking his neck, no reason for the apostles to suffer for a theory or for a lie right. especially and the same thing goes for us i mean we don't you know our lives are not in danger at least in this country right in other places it really is Sure. and nobody endangers their lives and suffers for an idea a metaphor mm-hmm. like that it really is for the life and death uh, of a real savior who really came mm-hmm. and really died for our sins right. and rose again yeah yeah Well, we wanted to thank you for being with us today, and um, I hope you had a really wonderful Easter. Um, Of course, we're still in the Easter season, so I hope that we can all continue to just really think about these things and deepen our faith over this next few weeks as we uh, continue to celebrate Easter. Of course, if you're in the area, please come and worship with us here at the church, and otherwise, we will see you next week on Under the Stained Glass.
1: Bye.